This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning. Good morning. Good Tuesday morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. A programming note. In just a few hours, you can join me at 10 a.m. in for Brian Kilmeade from 10 a.m. until noon. I'll be there this morning and every day for the remainder of the week. You can also reach me on Twitter at Dominic TV, where I may use some of your live comments, your comments live on the radio this morning. City officials, Mayor Eric Adams, you. Welcome them here. You own the mess and devastation. The migrants. They are turning New York's business areas into a ghetto. Fed up New York City businesses are sounding the alarm as the migrant crisis causes chaos in the streets and businesses. This morning are stating enough is enough. Families sprawled out on busy Manhattan sidewalks. Grown men brawling and even many tent cities popping up. Frustrated New Yorkers say the asylum seeker mess has truly become a plague that's showing no sign of easing. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Asylum seekers lounging back in camp chairs on the sidewalk outside the massive Roosevelt Hotel shelter in Midtown as they sit down to smoke and eat in the sunshine. Children, migrant children, spotted playing outside businesses, riding their scooters up and down 46th Street, dodging pedestrians along the way. One business owner says it is really, really, really affected us and that it's not a residential area. It's supposed to be a business area. So basically what we have, an open-air market in the city of New York and business districts. For men and women staying at the Roosevelt Hotel, which is also the city's main intake site, and city officials have nobody else to blame for this but themselves. Come to New York. Come to New York. You're welcome. Well, it's become an eyesore now, a complete eyesore. This as the troubles are brewing in Harlem fed up neighbors at the Harlem Migrant Center, where recently Curtis Lewa has been doing an excellent job discussing this, where residents recently beat up two men. And in Harlem, the residents are saying that their complaints about mounting quality of life issues have fallen on deaf ears. And they fear the lack of oversight could lead to far worse behavior. This is an absolute mess. And remember in Harlem the other day, one of the Good Samaritans was thrown through, shoved through a glass door after getting chased by a rowdy group of migrants, according to cops and witnesses. Look online, folks. Don't believe me. Don't believe me. Look online and they have bikes all over the place, motorcycles, scooters. I thought that they came here with no money. I thought they didn't have any money. 
Where are they getting these souped-up bikes that cost a ton of money? And one photo I looked at this morning, if you are a resident in the Harlem area near 110th Street, you can't even get to the mailbox because there's bikes locked to the box and garbage all around. One man says he has been catcalled by shelter residents. And so the NYPD says that one of the unarmed or unnamed, I should say, uh, suspects in a Sunday incident involving migrants has been issued a summons for disorderly conduct. Police continue to look for at least two men who have said to have fled the scene on scooters. What's a nice way I can say this? They don't belong here. That's the nicest I can put it. That's the nicest way I can state it. We are going to open the phone lines this morning, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Congestion pricing. I defy any of you great folks to tell me this morning, right now, right here, one good thing that congestion pricing will achieve. Just one, just one. But when you tell me the alleged one, you have to back it up. You have to be able to back it up. In a minute, I'm going to let you hear Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis, who appeared on the morning show with Sid Rosenberg. She has been a strong uh, opponent of congestion pricing, and the merits are on her side. You may recall the story that I have been telling you about that young lady, the 25-year-old young lady out of Alabama, the nursing student, Carly Russell. Well, today, she finally did the right thing and admitted that she made the entire story up. You've had the Secret Service involved looking at her phone. You've had scores and scores and scores of law enforcement officials. Even her parents went to bat for her. And this morning, she is apologizing for this very bizarre hoax that sparked a massive two-day search. According to her lawyer, there was no kidnapping. Her client, his client, did not see a toddler on the highway and a diaper and a T-shirt. It was all made up. And a story also that's breaking my heart this morning is no, no, no one should die without family members, someone in your corner. And that wheelchair-using victim of the Brooklyn car crash, she died alone with no necks of kin. And a charity, it really breaks my heart, folks, a charity organization has stepped up to arrange the, the uh, burial of the 68-year-old woman who was crushed to death crossing a Brooklyn roadway in her wheelchair and authorities have found that she has no next of kin. 68-year-old Joyce Greenberg. The video is devastating, disturbing to look at. She was crossing the street in her wheelchair, not bothering anybody. I don't know if the driver was texting. I don't know if the driver just wasn't paying attention. But the vehicle vid her, hit her, and she became pinned beneath the vehicle and suffered severe trauma. She was pronounced dead at Maimonides Medical Center. She's described as someone who basically kept to herself, kept her distance from other tenants, and rarely joined in group activities. And it said that she would just be sitting by herself outside, relaxing in the fresh breeze of the air.
according to a homemade. She'd go to the supermarket by herself. She was very independent. And it's horrible. She was in a wheelchair, handicapped, disabled. And uh, the car hits her and keeps driving. And it rolls over the victim before the driver finally stops in the middle of the intersection with the woman still beneath the car. We have a lot to get to this morning. And migrant story is central and paramount to our city. And it's disgusting. I mean, city officials, you didn't think about the fact that you were being conned from day one. And these people are here for a free ride, many of them destroying the city of New York and the business districts. You didn't stop for one second in your kumbaya, kumbaya moment to think about how some of these people may actually live and what they may do. It is is absolutely remarkable. I want you to listen to this, folks, on congestion pricing, because I really do defy any of you to call up this morning and tell me just one good thing, one that's going to come out of congestion pricing, just one, but you have to be able to back it up. We're going to discuss migrants, the young lady in Alabama, uh, the woman, the 68-year-old woman that was hit by a car trying to cross the street and died. A lot to get to. But first, I want to rewind to the morning show. Sid Rosenberg, Sid and Friends. I want you to listen here, folks, on congestion pricing to Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis. So one of the things you've been on top of from day one is congestion pricing. I mean, all the way back when I had no idea what was really going on. And what I've heard is it's going to cost about $23 to get into the city. Now, if you live in one of the other boroughs, you can take a train. You can get there by public transportation. You guys on Staten Island, to Vito Pacella's point, you're dead. you got to drive over the bridge. You're basically dead. you got to ferry, I guess. Uh, so it makes it more difficult for you. So congestion pricing for Staten Islanders specifically is a real issue. Is that fair to say? Look, it's definitely a, a real issue for the outer boroughs. There's no doubt about it. We do lack the transit options that uh, the other, you know, certainly Manhattan has. Uh, that's number one. But number two, uh, it's a $23 fee to enter another borough in the city in which you live. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it's on top me, of the Verrazano Bridge toll. Can, oh, my God. That's like, how much is that, 15 Well, thankfully, we have the Staten Island discount, uh, but my Brooklyn constituents don't get a discount when they go to Staten Island. So what do they pay? So it's, I don't know, it keeps raising. They just raise it again. That's the problem. Yeah. It's like over. It's like 20 bucks now. So it's going to cost over $40 just to get to work. That's over 200 bucks a week. That's a ton of money. Explain to me, because, again, you're smart about this, Explain to me what the governor thinks she's doing here. Is it does she really think it's going to be less congestion in terms of cars in the city? Why is she doing this? I think it's two things. One is it's a war on cars. We know that the left is looking to, you know, make everyone ride a bicycle, uh, which, by the way, I ride a bicycle. It's nothing against bicycles. It's just that, you know, it's not convenient when you're commuting to go to work. Number two. Uh, it is a cash grab. You know, they can never find enough money to feed the black hole that is the MTA. And remember this, the governor lied to the people of New York. If you're listening, the governor lied to you. I don't believe okay? that. Okay, because in, in, it, <laughs> when, when she got this federal influx of COVID money, of infrastructure money, she said 2023, 2024, there would be no toll and fare increases. What happened just last week? They increased tolls and fares. And now they want to still jam down another $23 cash grab. And, and and the thing is this, I do think that Governor Murphy, I do think that Borough President Vito Vassella have a case here. And they do. And thank you, Congresswoman Mala Yatakis, for calling it for what it is. It's a cash grab going into a black hole of the MTA. That black hole will be around long after you and I are gone into future generations, and there there will always be the urgency. We need more, more, more. Now, now, now. It'll never stop. Never. I'm looking at my Twitter, at Dominic TV. David Huns says, what's the difference 
between a mayor and a nightmare. One runs a city, the other runs a city into the ground. <laughs> Interesting. This migrant issue is blowing up in all of our faces. You let them come here, and we're now finding out that God only knows who's here. Some of the men are running around gang-like type environments, throwing people, or at least one man through a window, riding around on these mopeds and motorcycles. Hint, hint, they're not supposed to be here, so there's no way in the world that the vehicle can be le the vehicle. The motorcycle or the scooter can be legally registered. Re uh, registered. It just can't be. They're not supposed to be here. Forget the motorcycle. And you have the audacity to come here and disrupt our way of life, disrupt business districts. And I'm sorry, Mayor Adams, you own it. Yes, we've known each other a very long time. You own this. Good luck with that. I hope it works out for you on a personal level. Professionally, I don't see how it works for you, Mr. Mayor. You own this. You welcome them here. You could have turned around those buses, but no, you caved in to the advocates and you welcomed them. We are the advocates. Do you hear the crickets? Do you folks hear the crickets this morning? Notice the advocates have the advocates for migrants. They have nothing to say right now because the migrants are destroying our way of life while we continue to pay for all of this. Let's go to your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Let's begin with uh, Joe and Jericho. Good morning, Joe. What's on your mind? Dominic, I hope you're sitting down. This is a blockbuster. I was on the phone for weeks with the Salvation Army and other outreach to get vouchers for changes of closing for American veterans in wheelchairs who were in the same clothes for 13 months. And they gave me the runaround, called the VA. The VA called them and sent letters. The bottom line is maybe in 13 weeks, they may issue a voucher for $10. That's not even a top or a bottom at the Salvation Army. Yet I was at the last Salvation Army store in Staten Island two weeks ago, strapping young men in their 20s and 30s uh, from Central Latin, South American and Arabic countries they were dressed decently. They were all given vouchers courtesy of our tax dollars and that idiot Adams. And then I found out on Friday from the Salvation Army boss uh, that Catholic Charities gave them vouchers. But Catholic Charities in the city will not give vouchers for the Salvation Army to American veterans. And I found out today, Monday, well, yesterday, Monday, from one of the top Salvation Army distributors, that here's the bottom line, that the vouchers looked shady. She wasn't sure if they were legitimate. And one guy, one illegal invader, had four vouchers. Four. While American veterans are in the same clothes for 13 months. And New York City still doesn't have a city-run retirement home for American veterans. $13 billion in the next 13 months for the illegal aliens, but not a cent for American veterans and homegrown American families who worked here and who are homeless. I hear you. I hear you, Joe. It's an earful uh, in terms of what you just said. It's a very tragic situation. It, it really is. I, I thank you for the call. It just it, it defies all common sense. Tony. Clifton, New Jersey. Good morning, Tony. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. You know, I get so, what's the word, nauseous when I hear how Mayor Adams is just destroying the beautiful landscape, architecture, and ambiance of New York City. And his, his um, what would you call it, his interest is actually... He actually paid whoever owned the Roosevelt Hotel more money than they would get if tourists came 
And in effect, for money to keep afloat for the illegals, he's ruining our city architecturally. He's ruining our city by taking away from people who need the money, who are Americans and are citizens. And so what is he getting for all of this destruction he's causing in the city? He's putting... He's putting illegals in schools. I mean, I don't know what his thoughts are, Dominic, but I could tell you one thing. The only answer I have is political recognition, because obviously he's not a New York City, you know, a New York City guy like like the song goes, uh, Billy Joel. He's not in a New York state of mind. He wants to ruin our city that has been such the most beautiful place where everybody came and that whole area he's ruining. He's ruining the whole city. But when you think of how the illegals just messed up that building and now it's like, oh, yeah, well, you can't stay here anymore. And now it's all destroyed. I mean, his path, his path, and I'll leave, I'll leave you with this. His path is the path of the Democrats. And it's not to build up America. It's to break down America piece by piece, by border, by city, by school, by family. And have a good night, Dominic. Thank you, Tony. Thank you for the call. All I can tell you, folks, uh, I'm not interested in running for public office. But if I were the mayor of New York City, I would not be able to look at myself in the mirror based on what these migrants have done. And, And not all, not all, but a good number of them. And and if I were the mayor, they would have never been welcomed here. There there would have never been a single positive word out of my mouth. I would have literally turned the buses around. And advocates, if you want to take me to federal court, I'll take my chances in court. I'll see you in court. But even on an emergency basis, that will take at least a couple of weeks or a month. But in the meantime, they're not staying here now. We have a situation where the attorney business areas in Manhattan, the migrants, into ghettos. They're little countries where, where they've come from. Well, Dominic, you sound borderline racist. No, I don't. I'm simply telling you the truth of what's going on. What is going on? And just look at the pictures, folks. Look at the pictures. They have on the latest clothing. They have uh, the latest styler, designer clothes. I thought you were fleeing political persecution. That's what I thought. Maybe, 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 maybe it's just, maybe it's just me here. Maybe, maybe I don't get it. Maybe, maybe they bring a value to the city and maybe the migrants bring a value to destroying uh, businesses in Manhattan. Maybe, maybe it's just something that, that I don't see here. We're dealing with the migrant issue also out of Alabama and folks, I, I, I tried to tell you folks in a nice way. As soon as I heard the story. You knew this young lady was lying. There's something, and people still, do, well, you know, Dominic, we, we, we don't have all the facts. We have the facts. She was lying out of Alabama, admitting there was no kidnapping or baby on the highway. Why would you make something like this up? I don't, uh, and now, and now the police in Alabama are stating that the parents are not looking at being charged at this time. Your parents may face a criminal indictment for backing up your story, and and parents will do what parents do. They're always going to want to believe their child. Can you imagine this morning the embarrassment of this family based on, in its wicked What she did, she could have caused major race problems in Alabama. She said that it was a white baby on the side of the highway walking around in a diaper and a T-shirt. And she said it was a white man. This is an African-American woman. It was a white man that abducted her and had a woman with him. And she said he had an 18-wheeler truck. 
and she said he had orange hair, and she said he took sexually suggestive photos of her but did not rape her. Ilona in Westchester, good morning. What's on your mind? So uh, you know I am a nurse. So right now my concern, serious concern, is if she's in nursing school, what are they doing about it? Are they going to let her continue? Because she, even though this is bad what she did, she might, of course, I can't diagnose her, have really serious mental illness, and it needs to be, maybe she needs to be on medication. Something's not right, but what if she passes the boards and she actually can get a job? Do you know what's, do you know how scary that is? <laughs> she no. might be taking care of babies, you know? She might be taking care of, you know, very sick people. What if her mind goes like this again? I, w- I wouldn't want her as my nurse, so this is, this is something to be watching real carefully, you know? You, Ilona, you're, you're raising some excellent points, as you often do. I didn't even look at that part of, of this debate, that, that if she still goes to, continues to go to nursing school, she lost her job at a spa. But if she continues to go, uh, Ilona, I'm stuck on why would a young lady 25 years of age make something like this up? Can you it, help me possibly yes. understand? Yes, because there are people who have mental illness. How old is she? She's what? 25 years old. Okay. When you're 25 years old, sometimes things flare up, some mental illness, and that's an age where it happens. So, you know, there's, there might, and she may not be a bad person, but she needs help because there's flare-ups of mental illness that come up at a young age, like 25. Yes. Yes. And that but, may be her problem. I don't so, want to, so you're telling me I find it hard to believe that this would be the first flare up. Shouldn't mommy oh, or right, daddy right. have known something here? Yes, it's possible. Yeah. Or this could be the first flare. up. Who knows? But she definitely needs to be examined. And if I were the nursing school, I would tell them, listen, if you want to continue in this program. OK, first of all, you, you need to be medically cleared that, you know, you're OK to go to school and to practice. And, you know, I mean, we take an oath, you know, and if she's like this and she's in taking care of, let's say, preemies and babies, can you imagine this can't happen? Oh, you know, Ilona, you're you're raising something that that scares the heck out of me. I didn't consider if she's in it goes on, goes on to be on and be in neonatal care, like you said, for infants, Uh, you know, children that can't speak up for themselves mm-hmm. do we really want someone like this dealing with children no. or elders no it's got to stop now right now that school needs to initiate that she must get cleared she must go and get a mental health clearance and find out this is so bizarre what she did you know it doesn't even make sense i don't even care about color i'm just talking about the the, the things that she came up with Normal but, people don't but, do but, it. But, Ilona, but, but again, you don't just come up with this story, but you make sure that you say it was a white man. Why say it was a white man? Why do sounds that? Sounds better. For her, it probably sounds better. But at the same time, I, I, my concern right now, to make her look like her story's true, maybe, you know, but right now my concern is she needs to be thrown out of nursing school or she needs to be cleared mentally. This normal people don't do this. You know how much it was going to cost the cops, I guess, to go look for the baby and so on and so forth. And the nursing school, I just am so scared that maybe she's getting good grades in nursing school, but she could still have mental flare-ups and mental illness. And again, if you look on research there, you know, at a young age, this happens, you know, 25 sometimes, which I was shocked about myself. So she better not be... You know, working in hospitals, once, I don't know when she's graduating. You know, I don't know when she's taking her boards. But if she gets a license, God help the rest of us. Oh, thank you. Thank you, for, thank you Ilona, for enlightening us as someone in the, the nursing field as to the minefields of what could go on if this young lady becomes a nurse uh, in Alabama, the young lady out of Alabama. We have got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to go to Michael in New Jersey, who is going to make the case, as he does, that elections have consequences. We're going to go to Carroll and Elmont. We're going to go to Long Island, to Brooklyn and Westchester. We'll be right back. 
for some action with this migrant mess. How long are you going to stick by this bad, bad experiment? That's what it is for political gain. You let them come here, and now the rest of us are paying the price in more ways than one. And fed up, New York City businesses are sounding off as the crisis, the migrant crisis, causes chaos in the streets, hitting shops where it hurts in the wallet. And enough is enough. Enough is enough. You're not supposed to be here. So you would think, shh, let's be quiet. No waves, no problems. People are not even going to see us. That's that's what I would do. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to do whatever I can to work. And that's that. Instead, they're hanging out of outside the Roosevelt Hotel like like it is a uh, a nightclub in daytime. The children are running around. Let me put it to you this way. If you happen to own a business in one of these areas, right, your customers are not going to come into your shop because you have an eyesore outside and you're just getting over the business loss of COVID. What would you do if you owned one of these businesses? I would be in a panic, almost about to have a heart attack trying to recover from the losses of COVID and I'm barely surviving business-wise and here come the migrants. And how did they get here? The mayor said, come to New Ever York. Now he says, don't come, the rents are too high. Come to New Ever York. Don't come, the rents are too high. Which one is it, Mr. Mayor? Which one is it? We're also dealing with that young lady out of Alabama. And folks, there are times I I try and do things in a nice way. When I first brought you the story, I, I didn't say it, but I was trying to tell you that she was outright lying, right? It didn't pass the smell test. Something was rotten in Denmark, right? Oh, well, let's, let's wait and see that. No, wait and see. She was lying from day one. How could you not see it? We're dealing with that, plus we're going to have an update on the elderly woman that was hit by the car and died, and the issue of congestion pricing. One of the worst things that could have happened. The the congestion pricing idea is almost as bad as the migrants. Almost as bad as letting the migrants come here. It's not going to work. Not going to work, folks. Let's go to Jimmy in Brooklyn. Good morning, Jimmy. What's on your mind? Well, there's so much. I love the way you came out swinging today. That was real righteous anger. That was really, really riveting, your opening today. Well, thank uh, you. The two things here. There's a woman, Frances Fox Pivens. Now, she's a serious communist revolutionary. I was at an event where she spoke, and she says we're going to get the changes we want largely through minorities and immigration. This was several years ago. Sometimes people, meaning well, push policies that we know are bad or that eventually turn out to be bad. But people that implemented it uh, or advocated for it meant well. But then there's other people within maybe that group who push policies knowing it's going to be disaster. 
This thing about having to pay to go from one borough to another or enter Manhattan, at the same time you got the migrants taking up hotels that tourists would need, this is like an economic attack on our city and state. If you collapse the cities, that collapses the states. If you collapse enough states, you collapse the country. Some of this stuff is by design. I'm telling you, some of it is by design. And for the people who are seeing this, there's going to be a pushback. I just hope these people here, the illegals, don't end up joining gangs that are already here because this is a, like a volcano that's going to that's gonna explode. We're just seeing what, what the beginning of it. God, I hope it doesn't get worse. I tend to be a pessimist. So I tend to see maybe more of the bad than the good. People say uh, the glass is half empty or half full. They tell me it's half full. I say, yeah, but it's half full of poison. So sometimes because I'm a pessimist, I see the dangers other people don't see. And a lot of times I'm, I'm proven to be right, unfortunately. And I don't, I'm not proud of that, but we got to wake up. I see the people with motorcycles riding on sidewalks. It's like all hell breaks. People are still parking by fire hydrants. It's like all what we considered normal civil society is gone. People say we need another Giuliani. When Giuliani became mayor, he saved the city. But the population then was better than now. Now you've got all kind of craziness out here. Some of it is natural devolving craziness. Some of it is caused by people who mean us harm. And I've been among these people most of my life. Jimmy, I, I couldn't have said it better, what you just articulated. You're dead on and you're accurate. I, I, I couldn't have said it better. I thank you uh, for your telephone call this morning. Let's stay in Brooklyn. Let's go to Susan. Good morning, Susan. What's on your mind? Oh, it's Dominic. Um, can you hear me? I hear you loud and clear, Susan. Go ahead. Okay, perfectly. Um, I'm still just like uh, toil over this um, when we say the... Uh, People coming in illegally, illegally, we're calling them migrants. Um, right, but Susan, migrants wait, Susan, usually wait, wait, come let, and Susan, go, Susan, and Susan, they're not. Susan, Susan, let me ask you a question. How many emails are you going to send me on this? No, I've, I've, I've received each. Susan, I've Susan, never emailed you. You've never emailed. Okay, well then, someone else named Susan sends me at least three emails a week asking me why I call them migrants. And so you're telling me no, that's darling. not you. No, darling. Okay, okay. I, but you, go ahead, go ahead, Susan. No, no, no. I just, um, because I feel that it's not an accurate um, description based on legal terms. I hear you. I hear you, Susan. Susan, 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 I hear you. But that's your opinion. I, I disagree. I prefer to call them migrants. So but, there are going to be times when we agree to disagree. Oh, we I'm don't. a journalist. I'm a journalist by training. I prefer to call them migrants. What is the big deal? It's it's a legal term. They are not asylum seekers. And okay, but Susan, not but wait, but can you please tell me what is the big deal if I refer to them as migrants? as opposed to asylum seekers. I'll tell you why, because migrants, the term is related to people who come and go based on work uh, uh, and uh, seasons where they're, they're welcomed in. These are people who are coming in to feed off of us. They are coming uh, under um, uh, 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 circumstances that are not true. They're not asylum. They're not covered under asylum. They're only because of the Biden, um, you know, illegal administration that just doesn't follow any laws. And they're harming because thousands of little children are coming in and being uh, raped and tortured through uh, well, I, I don't wait, 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 Susan. I, I don't know of anyone being raped, so I have to stop what? you there. I, I don't know of it. Okay, tell me of someone that's been raped, a child. These children are being no, no, the, no, no, Susan, Susan. I'm a journalist. Please don't run that nonsense on me. Don't say these wait. children. Give me an example of a child being raped. 
have you have you heard the sound? Have you watched the Sound of Freedom, which is based on a true story? And do you know that eighty five thousand children are unaccounted for since the Biden administration? I, I don't, off. I don't, I don't, I don't. Oh, Susan, well. I, I have to be okay. honest with you. But but I'm going to try it one more time. What is the big exception to me using the word migrant? I don't understand what's this obsession with don't use the word migrant. Because migrants come in to for a seasonal or they come and go out of a country based on a they're 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 allowed and and uh, uh, they work um, under a seasonal agreement and then they go away. Okay, you're you're, you're correct, but Susan, 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 I, out of interest for time, I have a lot of calls. Why can't you just respect that? I prefer, and many of my colleagues prefer to use the term migrant. We just disagree on this. No, it's not disagreement. It is just you are um, for some reason not looking at the real definition under the law okay. under that, normal Susan Susan with, with all with all due respect I took your call uh knowing what your position is and someone named Susan sends me three emails a week making the same argument the same exact argument that you just articulated and I have said to Susan whoever sends me these emails that we agree to disagree and that that's the term that myself and and sometimes I'll mix it in and, and say asylum seekers. But but that's the term that I choose to use. We You have to understand, Susan, you know, it's it, it, we, we just have a difference of opinion. I still feel that they shouldn't be here, whatever term that you use. Thank you for the call, Susan. But again, so someone I'm not one folks to and that's why I took Susan's call. I'm not one to send me email after email after email after email after email. Because after the second or third email, I'm going to block you. And so, like, for example, John in Brooklyn will tag me on every single email, excuse me, uh, tweet uh, that, that he may have uh, taking exception to something on WABC. I don't decide WABC uh, editorial policy. I am an employee like anyone else. And so if you if you keep tagging me and I ask John to please stop and he won't do it. So then if you don't do it, I have no other choice than to block you. It really is that simple, folks. And I'm just being honest and direct with you right now. And I've got to take a break. But when we come back, when we come back, we'll have the Chronicles of Dominic Carter, more of your telephone calls coming up at the top of the hour. Frank Morano on the other side of midnight and more of your calls from Queens to New Jersey to Florida, Elmont, Long Island, Manhattan, and Westchester. W.A.B.C. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talk Radio 77. WABC. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. It simply breaks my heart. Remembering 68-year-old Joyce Greenberg, wheelchair-using victim of the Brooklyn crash. She died alone with no necks of kin. A charity organization has stepped up to arrange the burial of the 68-year-old woman who was crushed to death crossing a Brooklyn street in her wheelchair. The video is devastating, caught the entire thing, and what was left is a mangled wheelchair, and she has no necks of kin. She was pinned beneath the vehicle and suffered severe 
trauma. Rushed to Maimonides Medical Center where she was pronounced dead. 68 years old. May she rest in peace. I'm going to go back to your telephone calls, but I want to bring in Matt Blaze. Matt, yes, uh, we just heard from Susan, yes. and uh, someone you know has been sending me three to four emails a week, name, every week. Name Susan. And, <laughs> name Susan. But wasn't this Susan? And, and, right. And they want me to use any term but migrant. So please tell me, do you, do you have a definition of the term migrant? Yes. The definition from the Oxford languages of migrant is a person who moves from one place to another, especially in order to find work or better living conditions. <laughs> one more hmm. time. One, one more time. time. A migrant. A person who moves from one place to another, especially in order to find work or better living conditions. And thus, that's why they're coming here to New York. So it meets the definition, the book definition. Thank you, Matt Blaze, of the word migrant. Folks, just understand, we're not going to agree on everything. The sheer nature of talk radio, we won't agree on everything. So I see one or two calls where you folks want to comment on the term migrant. I've got eight minutes left until Frank starts. And that's not something that I want to debate to be honest with you folks. So let's let's just continue with the program this morning. Let's go to uh, Carol in Elmont. Good morning, Carol. What's on your mind? Hi, Dominic. How you doing? First Good. Off, Please go right ahead. First off, the mayor is the worst thing that's ever hit New York. He's not for our people. What he has to do, he has to round up a squad of our finest cops. He has to get a fleet of buses, and he has to send those migrants back to where they belong, send them back to the border. Because we don't need them here. What he's doing to New York City, it's absolutely disgusting. And if he thinks he's going to run for president, he's got another thing coming because nobody would vote for him. And if there are any good Democrats left in New York, don't they see what's happening? Don't they see how, what they're doing to this country? It's absolutely disgusting, Dominic. I feel for everybody that, that lives in New York and has to go through this with them. It's absolutely disgusting. There's no, there's no sense, no reason to this crap. And I hope Biden gets off really fast. I can't wait. I can't wait. I hope everything they found out about him is true because he is the worst president this world has ever had. And he will be remembered forever and ever. The whole well, damn family of them. <laughs> you, you may be on to something there, Carol. I, I thank you. I thank you for the call. Let's go to Tony in Florida. Good morning, Tony. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning to you, too, Dominic. Um, that lady that made up that story, I think she's trying to get attention. In and uh, Yeah. And she wants attention. It wasn't a mental illness that suddenly hit her at that age. She wanted attention, and the reason she picked white kids, I, I don't think it had anything to do with racism. I think hey, wait, wait Tony, are, are you on speaker? It's, it, it sounds like you're muffled a little bit. Is this any better? No, but continue. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I don't think she picked white children out of racism, just trying to distance herself from them. You know, um, when I first got married, my husband was a park ranger, and we lived at a campground with the Springs. They had a lifeguard there. And in one week, she claimed she was attacked three different times from behind. And she had bruises and cuts and black and blue marks on her. So one day they set up somebody hidden in the bushes, and it was all a farce. She made the whole thing up. She was actually hitting herself to give herself injuries. Wow. All for the attention. And um, this woman does not need to be in medical care at all. You know, they should turn into like an angel of death or something. God, I'd be terrified to have her as my nurse. Right. And see, the problem, Tony, is that the, the average patient won't know her background. Yeah. You know, it, it's... Go ahead, Tony. I was going to say she's one scary lady. At age, at age 25. At age 25. Thank you for the call, Tony, in Florida. Let's go to Abraham in Westchester. Good morning. What's on your mind? 
Okay, good morning, Dominic. Dominic, thank you for accepting my call. You asked if anyone could call and tell you one thing about the congestion. One good well, thing. Go, go ahead. Yes. Well, I'll say this. One thing is that they'll be able to steal more of our money. <laughs> you know what? I'm laughing, but it really is sad because it really is true, Abraham. It's true. Yes, Dominic, and that's how I see it. I listen to you every night. Thank you. I, you have about five well, minutes left. Yes, thank you. Thank you. You're watching the clock. It's about the time of the morning where I'm forced to watch the clock as well. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Daquan in Connecticut. Good morning. What's on your mind? Good morning. How you doing today? Good, good. Please go right ahead. I'm short on time. All right. Uh, so I just don't understand why everybody's complaining because, you know, we're a melting pot of different races from different places, you know. Uh I understand that, you know, money is a little bit of the issue and we need to figure it out. But, you know, a little bit. It's a little bit. Wait, wait, Daquan, Daquan, Daquan. It's a do you want me to give you what, what you're really saying to me is right. I can read between the lines. You're saying America has welcomed whites from all around the world. Why is it a problem now when it's people of color? Right. Right. Correct. Right. I did. I believe me. I know what you're saying, but. Look at what we're paying. Look at how they're turning some of our business areas into ghettos. You don't think that should right. apply? And and what about the fact that some of us are paying more taxes than we can afford for people that are not even American citizens? That's a fact. That's a fact. I feel you on that one, man. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you could look at it either way. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. Tomato, well, tomato, you, you know potato, what? Potato, you know what, Daquan? But... I, I find it refreshing. That, that you're saying you can look at it either way. So I, I, I give you much respect for having an open mind to con- thank you for the call. I wish I had more time, Daquan. Uh, I'm back on again later on today between 10 a.m. and noon. You can call back if you're near a radio. Uh, I just don't have the time right now. And time permitting, we'll get to one of the other calls standing by. But first, I'm joined by Frank Marano, the other side of midnight. Good morning to you, sir. Hello, Dominic. It's great to see you and uh, great job filling in for Brian Kilmeade uh, this morning. Thank you. Thank you. What do you have coming up, my All friend? All right. And a lot of people still interested in this Gilgo Beach situation, including me. Namely, why did it take? 10 years uh, to catch this fellow, even though they seem to have a pretty good idea of his profile a decade ago. And it's begged the question, was the FBI thrown off this case? Well, we're going to talk with a journalist who's written a book about Jimmy Burke, the former Suffolk County police chief who obviously went to prison himself, who a lot of people blame for sort of botching this investigation. Looking forward to that conversation. Neil wait, wait, Frank, you're actually going to talk to him. Well, not to Jimmy Burke, but to oh, Gus okay. Garcia Roberts. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, I would ahead. love to have Jimmy Burke on. I have uh, uh, thousands of questions for him. I can uh, imagine. But then uh, I'm also going to talk with Neil Pollock, a Jeopardy champion turned pothead, about why marijuana may be more harmful than people realize. And let the church say amen. (laughs) Folks, coming up, you want to keep it right there. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Frank Marano on the other side of midnight is about to start after news headlines. Uh, Marianne and Queens, I didn't have time to take your call, but if you happen to have on your radio between 10 a.m. and noon, I'll be in for Brian Kilmeade, and I promise I'll take your call then. Folks, have a great day. I'll see you back at 10 a.m.